more time uh, before any further do i would like to share from the word of god that is more important than what i'm doing so i would like to share with you this uh, uh, evening first uh, thessalonians chapter 5 first first thessalonians chapter 5 to Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 3 to 6 verses 3 through 6 while they are saying peace and safety then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape but you brethren are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief for you are all sons of light and sons of day we are not of night nor of darkness so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I would like to talk about the very important doctrine, the teaching in the Bible that is the second coming of Christ. The Bible talks about the second coming about 1,845 times in uh, 845 times. It is found is about 1,500 times in the Old Testament, about 318 times in the New Testament. Seven out of ten chapters in the New Testament make reference to the second coming of Christ. The early church lived in the light of his coming, expecting the return of Christ at any day, at any time. The church creed, such as the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, give climactic emphasis to the doctrine of the second coming of Christ. Martin Luther, the great reformer from Germany, was greatly inspired by the thought of second coming. He said, I live as though Jesus died yesterday, rose again today, and would be coming again tomorrow. Charles Wesley, great hymn writer, wrote about some 700 hymns, out of which 500 hymns reflect the theme of the second coming of Christ. Charles Spurgeon, uh, a great preacher, his predominant, predominant topic was the second coming of Christ in his sermons. Alexander McLaren, a great scholar and preacher, once said, the early church though thought more about the return of Christ than about heaven or death. 
they were not looking for a cleft in the ground called grave but for a cleavage in the sky called glory they were not watching for the undertaker but for the upper taker the background i would like to now i would like to give some background of the church at thessalonica after the death of alexander the great the founder of the greek empire in 323 bc his kingdom was divided among his four generals one of his four generals by the name of cassander married thessalonica or thessaloniki alexander's step sister so cassander named the city after his wife's name it was founded in 350 315 bc during the time of roman empire when rome organized macedonia into a province thessalonica became the capital of macedonia during the second missionary journey of paul which was recorded in the book of acts he came to this city and he stayed approximately one month to preach the glorious gospel of jesus christ and a great multitude of pagan idol worshipers accepted christ as their personal savior then the church was established there in ad 50 shortly thereafter mr paul apostle paul moved to the city of corinth from where he wrote this epistle in ad 51 the purpose of this writing the purpose of writing this epistle to defend his conduct at thessalonica against the negative criticism that had developed during his absence the second purpose he was to give instruction on sexual purity the third one was to admonish them to manifest proper brotherly love the fourth one is to correct the misconception about the relationship of those who are dead in christ to the believers who will be alive at the return of christ the fifth one is to define the character of the day of the lord and to show the believers relation to relationship to it just we read in chapter 5 the sixth one to command them about various spiritual duties now i would like to focus on only one particular word that is watch from the text we have just read the word watch contains five letters the first letter is w w is let us watch our walk the letter a stands for let's watch our attitudes and actions letter t means let us watch our tongues and our thoughts fourth letter in that word is c let us watch our character the last letter but not least h let us watch our hearts w watch your walk yay watch your attitudes and actions t watch your tongues and thoughts c watch your character h watch your heart the first point let us watch our walk as christians we are admonished we are admonished to walk worthy of our calling that we received by god 
Not only that, we are admonished to walk humbly before God. Walk according to the spirit, but not according to the flesh. Walk in the newness of life. Not continuing in the old lifestyles that we wish to live and finally walk righteously and blamelessly. According to Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2, the Bible declares we need, we need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. According to Micah chapter 6 verse 8, we need walk humbly with God. The Bible declares, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand and he may lift you up in due time. That's why uh, when I was a kid I used to sing this chorus. Humble yourself before the Lord he will lift you up. He will lift you up. He will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up. According to Romans 8.1, we need to walk according to the Spirit. The Bible declares, we do not walk according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. According to Romans chapter 6, 4, walk, we need to walk in the newness of life. We need to walk in the newness of, newness of life which Christ has provided for us as believers. Yeah. The last point in that first point, walk righteously and blamelessly. When we look in the book of Genesis, chapter 5, verse 24 and Chapter 6, verse 9. We need to walk righteously and blamelessly like Enoch and Noah did in their generations. My first point is, let's watch our walk. The second point, let's watch our attitudes and actions. By nature, I don't know about you, by nature we, um, me especially, uh, we are people of murmuring, complaining, grumbling and belly aching just like the people of Israelites. They murmured and grumbled against Moses and God as the result they all died in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. Instead of complaining and grumbling we need to develop an attitude of gratitude towards God and also people. The Bible declares in everything give thanks to God for this is the will of God. Tomorrow we are all celebrating Thanksgiving. One man said the uncommunicated gratitude is still an ingratitude. I repeat the uncommunicated gratitude is still an ingratitude. Mr. Chuck Swindoll a great pastor once said the longer I live the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than our money, than our circumstances, than our failures, than our successes, than what other people think or say or do. 
it is more important than our appearance giftedness or skill it will make or a break a company a church or a home or a marriage the remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day we cannot change our past we cannot change the fact that the people will act a certain way we cannot change the inevitable the only thing we can do is a play on the string we have and that is called our attitude i am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how i respond to it how i react to it so it is with you we are in charge of our attitudes actions we need to pay pay close attention to our actions the bible declares live such good lives among the pagans among the ungodly that though they accuse you of wrong doing they may see your good deeds and glorify god on the day he visits us first peter 2:12 paul writes to the corinthians in his second letter for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive what is due for the things done while in the body whether good or bad that is my second point now i'd look to go to my third point let us watch our tongues on thoughts the bible declares in ephesian chapter 31 and 32 get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god for gave you we all can easily fall into a trap of gossiping backbiting slandering the list goes on gossip is a big disease in the body of christ throughout the world i am more deadly than a, than the screaming shell i ruin without killing i tear down homes break hearts and wreck lives i travel on the wings of the winds no innocence is strong enough to intimidate me no purity is pure enough to daunt me i have no regard for truth no respect for justice no mercy no mercy for the defenseless my victims are as numerous as the sand of the sea and i often i seem innocent i never forget and seldom forgive my name is gossip god wants us to use our tongues to edify to encourage to support to strengthen to heal and build our brothers and sisters in christ but not the other way around that is tearing them or ripping them apart to disgrace them accuse them and slander them instead we need to be kind and compassionate to our brothers and sisters in the book of ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 paul writes let no corrupt and unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto your hearers are we ministering grace to our hearers through our words
Are we edifying? Bible also says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what is, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Watch your tongues. Watch your thoughts. That's why Psalm is praying to God like this in Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart, let the thoughts of my mind, let the sight of my eyes be acceptable unto you. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. The fourth point, let's watch our character. Character matters. Now, there's a lot of mess going on in the United States. People don't care about character as long as it is okay. What is coming in, that's okay. Character doesn't matter. But God is more interested in our beings. That is who we are than what we do, what we have, what we possess, what we acquire, and what our position or status is in this life. That is why we are called human beings, but not human doings. The Bible declares in Proverbs 22.1, A good name rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor than silver and gold. Ecclesiastes 7.1, A good name, a good name is better than fine perfume. In order to maintain his godly character, Joseph experienced pain, suffering, intimidation, insults, betrayal. However, he did not compromise with his integrity. At the end, he was rewarded by God. Someone aptly said, your gifts and talents, skills and abilities take you places where your character cannot keep you. God is actively looking for people like Joseph who will passionately maintain their godly character to influence this godless generation that we live in. Recently, I have come across this quote. It nicely fits my sermon. Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character, they become destiny. My fifth point, let us watch our hearts. The Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things. The Greek word panta, all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it. I, the Lord, search the hearts and train, try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 9. 
The Bible is very clear that out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, anger, envy, jealousy, covetousness, murder, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemy, etc., etc. And they will defile a man. That's why David prayed and sang in Psalms 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God. And know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew your right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And renew your right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew your right spirit within me. My dear brothers and sisters, someone once said, do nothing that you would not like to be doing when Jesus comes. Go nowhere that you would not like to be found when Jesus comes. Say nothing that you would not like to be saying when Jesus comes. See nothing that you would not like to be seeing when Jesus comes. Hear nothing that you would not like to be hearing when Jesus comes. Jesus is coming soon. Let us watch our Walk. Let us watch our attitudes and actions. Let us watch our tongues and thoughts. Let us watch our character. Let's watch our heart. Some bright morning, when this life is over, we will fly away to that home on God's celestial shore. I will fly away. Why will fly away? Oh, glory! Why will fly away in that bright morning when I die or when he comes? Hallelujah! By and by, we will fly away. My dear friends, let's watch our walk. Let's watch our attitudes and actions. Let us watch our tongues, how we treat, what we say to our spouses, what we say to our neighbors, how to, what, to, what, what we say to our children, our brothers and sisters. Let's watch our tongues. Let's watch our thoughts.
let's watch our character let's watch our heart soon and very soon we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah we are going to see the king no more crying there we are going to see the king no more crying there we are going to see the king no more crying there we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah we are going to see the king again i want to read that scripture passage one more time before i conclude while they are saying peace and safety then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape but you brethren are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief for you are all sons of light and sons of day we are not of night nor of darkness so then let us not sleep as others do but let us watch and be sober god bless you may god bless this sermon